And welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. Uh, I'm Gonzo, and right below me is... She can't hear me. Right below me is Miss Kathy, which you're probably used to seeing on Twitch because she streams a lot. And over in my other corner, way over there, is one of our fellow listeners, Miss Captain Mizzy. Miss Captain Mizzy is joining us today as a special guest because John couldn't make it today. So anytime we don't have someone here, we try to bring on another guest. Um, today's episode is going to be about what it's like to be a new gamer in the gaming world, as in gaming, podcasting, you name it. She's also learning how to play a game, how to paint miniatures, um, and... Uh, so we're going to talk about what it's like to be new in a complete hobby period. Um, so before we do that, we need to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors. We want to thank um, Metalhead Minis for selling our product. Uh, she will have that up shortly. Um, Lynn is such a good friend of ours. Um, we appreciate her. And if you don't know her, make sure you go and search for her on Twitch because she does some Twitch streaming too. Uh, we want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting our podcast. And pushing it out to everybody uh, because what we do live here, we record it and then put out an audio version. And uh, we also want to thank uh, Tectonic Craft Studios uh, for giving us a product to give away. And he does some really cool MDF laser cutting. And then, of course, uh, Creature Caster, uh, one of our newest sponsors. I uh, want to thank them a lot uh, for putting up with us. Um, we will be doing, and I will personally be doing, uh, some Creature Caster painting pretty soon after Adepticon, um, because I have some models that need to be painted, and I would, said I would use their stuff to do it with. Um, so this is episode 107, what it's like to be a newbie. Um, and before we get into this, what's everybody drinking tonight? Kathy? I'm drinking a gin and tonic. No. And some water. My no. tea just finished steeping as well, so. You're having a gin and tonic? I know. I know. That's like the weird Unexpected. Shocking. <laughs> uh, if you're in the chat, let us know what you're drinking. Also, we like to hear what everybody else is drinking. Um, Captain Mizzy, what are you having tonight? Rum, obviously, but uh, I am trying a new mix with a strawberry banana juice and coconut rum in my fancy pirate cup. <sighs> okay, Trash Aroma, that's gross. Trash Aroma's drinking hot dog Trash water. Trash Aroma's <laughs> drinking hot dog water tonight. Mm, 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 hot dog water. <laughs> it's best when it's tepid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am drinking uh, McCollins 12. Uh, Scotch, 12 year Scotch. Um, Kathy, do you know if we have to do any tributes to anybody that had passed away recently? I have not been paying attention. Oh, you're just so <laughs> fired. Why are you going to do that? I so. paid attention last week. That's that I'm spent. You're spent. <laughs> so for everybody out there that listens to us, watches us, helps us out, you name it, we appreciate it. Uh, people that support us financially, support us by promoting us, you name it, you keep the lights on, you keep us going. Um, also, don't forget that Kathy streams Tuesday through Friday. 
Um, yes. From three to five, painting miniatures. She's really awesome to watch, and she uh, she she doesn't like when people joke on our podcast. So you have to be really careful. Oh, ever, never, <laughs> ever, no jokes allowed. Nope, I have no sense of humor whatsoever. None. Um, so we appreciate it. So everybody out there, please be safe tonight. Please take care of yourself. And um, cheers. Sancha. That's good. Mm. I also have cookies. Mm. Woo! That one kind of bit me hard. All right, let's go ahead and switch over to the paint cam. Um, guys, I, if you're just now watching, if this is the first time watching, I usually do the painting during the podcast. Kathy usually does all the talking, and so does John, but John is now being substituted by Captain Mizzy. Wait, does that mean Captain Mizzy and I do all the talking? Ah, there you go. While I try to paint. Um, tonight, I'm going to try to work on getting... I already started a little bit on my Venom for Captain Marvel. I'm going to do a little bit more on Captain America. I feel like more. the tongue would have been better periwinkle. Gosh, Kathy. It's my tongue. I can paint it how I want. Uh, a little bit more on Baron Zemo. A little bit more on Black Panther, and then kind of almost finish up Captain Marvel. Um, so I'm going to get a good one going on this, because this is just going to be, for anybody that know, I'm painting everything, most of the models with contrast paints. It's going to be my thing for all my Captain, for all my Marvel models, is to paint them up with contrast paints alone, unless I have to use something that is not a contrast paint. That they either don't have it or I know it's not going to work well. Uh, for example, like Captain Marvel's uh, gold emblems and such around her chest. Or like uh, my Doc Ock's um, so, arms. on Captain Marvel, you're just doing uh, like metallic gold instead of yellow? Correct. I want to do. I want to see what a, a metallic gold does. I'm going to do that on her badge real quick. Excuse me. Um, that she's got on her hip and see how that looks first before I do a pure... Pure yellow. Okay. You got the hiccups? I got a hiccup out of that. <laughs> That's what every why. podcast needs. Some hiccups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just got a message from John. He's like, oh, now we get 47 viewers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the blue hair, John. You know, he could join us. It's because we have a captain on deck and Captain Mad Love rated us. And uh, so we got the pirate action going on here tonight. We got a pirate vibe. And so, Captain Missy is drinking rum. Of course. That that would have been my second choice, as people know. All right. So, uh, Captain Missy is one of my locals and a really good friend of mine. And so recently, since she's been hanging out with me, she's been like, getting in on doing painting stuff and miniatures and so on and so forth. And Captain Mizzy is also a artist herself. She just, you know, it's not like she just, you know, stepped off the bus. So she knows somewhat what she's doing type thing. Uh, Mizzy, tell us about kind of your art, you know, background or whatever. So... Pretty much I've always had an interest in art and design and whatnot. I was the high school yearbook editor 
and that's when I pretty much decided that I knew that I wanted to do this for a career. And so I went to art school and honed in my awesomeness. And now I get to make pretty things two days a week and sell my soul at Walmart while I try to go full time at my design job. What do you? What kind of design work do you do at your design job? Um, logos, banners, um, photoshopping, advertising materials, all kinds of different stuff. Oh, so you can Photoshop me with abs? Then is what you're telling me. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I finally, have there's a, a there's a big market among Twitch streamers for people to design uh, emotes and uh, stuff like that different graphic features for their Twitch streams. Very much. There is a very much a need for that. Um, what, what, what kind of, have you done anything besides digital artwork? Crimson wants um, to know if you can Photoshop John O with green hair. Yeah, that's pretty easy. That's, um, that's I, a very rookie thing. I'm sorry. So if you can see in the background, I've got a leaf drawing. I actually did that in my advanced drawing class while I was still in school. Um, I've got like three or four different portfolios full of drawings, charcoal. Um, I've got some paintings I did in acrylic, just all kinds of different mediums. Okay, so you're not completely new to the art world. Um not- what about um, miniature gaming? I'm a complete and total noob, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, you did pick up a really cool uh, miniature-style board game just recently. Uh, what was that one? Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, I'm really enjoying how everything is painting i invested in some creature caster paints and brushes and all that good stuff while i was at warfare weekend and i've painted hulk red skull and a little bit of black widow and i've got everything else primed except for iron man and captain marvel because i'm struggling (laughs) okay this is this is very important important to me that we, we talk about this because there is something that's going on with the. You are not well versed in putting together miniatures. No. There's, you've never put it together miniatures before. And so this is something that I wanted to bring up because, you know, as everybody knows, some of these Marvel miniatures are not easy to put together. Um, there are some of them are very delicate, uh, some of them are very, you know, whatever, uh, kind of fiddly. Give us your breakdown of the Marvel miniatures that you have put together so far. Um, I would say Hulk was probably the easiest because he's so big. Um, so that was my first model I put together. Super easy. Um, really enjoyed it. And then I just kind of worked my way up. I tr- Iron Man was about midway through. And where I went wrong there is I put his legs together wrong. That was the worry I had when I was putting him together, and I had to look really closely and really study the, uh, you know, the the yellow render that they had in the directions, in order to see it, what difference there was between the inside of the thigh and the outside of the thigh, so that yeah, so that I wouldn't do that. But yeah, I was worried that. Be- you know, that there wouldn't be any difference. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know which one goes where. 
It's like, oh, this is fine. It, it all looks the same. No, it's not the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that subtle difference. And if I hadn't made that kind of mistake on models in years past, I might not have been as careful as I was when I was putting it together. So that could have easily happened to me, too. And I imagine that's happened to a lot of other people. That has been um, a kind of, a, I don't want to say complaint, but uh, an argument that these models, some of them are not easy to put together, especially if you're new to miniature building and painting and such. That some of these are not easy to do. Um, the one I'm working on right now, there is a complaint on, and it is a very... I, I, I will agree with the complaint on Venom. Um, Venom's knuckles on this. Oh, the knuckles hand? on his fist. That on cracked fist? me up. Are a separate piece. They're a separate piece. Yeah, that cracked me up. Oh, my God. I couldn't I'm like, believe it. Really, guys? The knuckles. So the front of his hand right here is a separate piece. Now, there's my finger for judging, and that's a small, tiny piece. It's a very small, tiny piece. And so what I, what, what I lost it. for for the tiny pieces when you're clipping them off the sprue, because as a lot of people here probably have found out, when you clip tiny pieces off the sprue, they sometimes tend to go flying, and then you lose them. Yes. Uh, is you have to spend 20 minutes take, on the floor looking for take them. Take a blob <laughs> of blue tack. And attach it to that tiny piece before you clip it off the screw so that you have something to hang on to when you clip it off. And also, if it does fall on the floor, it's easy to find because it's a big blob of blue tack with your little part stuck to it now. At that, I learned that when I was assembling Necromunda models, and there is a stub of a cigar that fits in this guy's mouth, but it's a separate piece. It's like the size of probably smaller than one of Venom's fingers. It was ridiculous. And yeah, and so I put this blob of Lutac on there and that saved me. Otherwise, I would have lost that thing in the carpet. Well, Raider says that's some Malifaux level stuff. Yes. Very much is. so. People have given them quite a bit of crap saying that, yeah, this is pretty much. Malifaux level yeah, model put together. It's it's not easy. You, you need to pay attention. Oh, and Crimson brings up a good point. Like, where did it go? <laughs> oh, he says, isn't there an issue with uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol with the sprues having part numbers, but the instructions don't? Uh, and so they have PDFs posted on their website so that I mean, you don't know, but they have, now you do because I'm telling you, they have PDFs posted on their website where they have instructions with the numbers included. So, so that makes it a bit easier. But not yeah. everybody goes to the Facebook group to find that out. Yes. Yeah. So. If it wasn't for the online PDFs, there's, I don't think I would have figured it out as easily as I did. Wait, look, Venom's done. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the inside of his mouth is so light. I keep waiting for you to stab that black in there so that you can just 
I didn't you stab know, the black. Dry brush his teeth white. Well, dry, I, I stabbed the, the red in there. Stabbed red in there. Um, but yes, because also, um, like Baron Zemo's elbow pad was a separate piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the elbow yeah, sprinkles. Lots of explosive words were said. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was... I, I didn't understand that. Um, those, I, those I didn't understand. Well, I kind of understood it, but I didn't have a problem gluing those in, thank goodness. That was not my most difficult part of, of the model, so... No. It was just a, wow, these are like tiny potato chips. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting some stuff ready to go down. Um, and, and there's also like uh, Shuri? I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I can't remember her name. Uh, oh, from Black Shuri, Bear. the yeah, the Shuri. Gauntlets. You know, and it's funny of those two ladies, and I've seen some of the the people talking about this on the official uh, Facebook page for Marvel Crisis Protocol. But so Shuri and what's the other one, John? Akuye. I think so. Uh, Sounds right. Of those two, Shuri was the easier for me. Well, because Akuye, I had trouble lining up her her fists that are wrapped around the spear. I had trouble lining her hands up with her wrists because the the way the forearm glues to the upper arm, I think I had the angle wrong on that. I ended up having to take it apart, you know, to take that lower arm and the spear off several times before I finally got it glued on right. I was using super glue on all of my Marvel models. Instead of plastic glue, I used super glue. It was fantastic. I, I didn't have any problem except for that sphere. I didn't have any problem with the parts not just sticking within seconds. Yeah, I didn't have any problems with the sticking um, when I was gluing together. The only thing I really had an issue with is the fiddly bits. I mean... Captain Marvel, her arms, I mean, they're just so super, super tiny. And I get that they, you know, she is a, you know, a, a, a tiny model, but I mean, man, these were, these were super, super fiddly. I think, I don't even think that's you finished yours you yet. Get, that's how you get the amazing detail. That's the sacrifice. If you want the amazing detail, they have to be in more pieces. Otherwise, you know, people are going to complain that they're, they're big and clumsy and cartoony and they don't then they lack detail yeah so there's a trade-off there is um i don't understand like some of the things i don't understand Andy randall is of course venom's knuckles i don't understand that one i don't understand uh the elbow pad that just doesn't you know that doesn't resonate with me um and i've been doing miniatures for you know you know, 30 plus years type thing. And I don't understand that. Um, so, it's I mean, all about the, it's all about the details. Do you, hmm. you either have a stupid amount of details or you have, you know, and more pieces or you have less details and fewer pieces to put together. And they wanted to go with, they wanted the models to, look as close to whatever artwork they were going from so that means more details and does that mean it's harder for beginners 
to put them together? Yes. It does, sadly. But that's their sacrifice for having models that uh, are packed with detail. There's some crazy amazing detail on these models. I was painting up Killmonger, and I just can't believe the level of detail, you know, on this guy. It's just crazy. Some of them are a, a little too tiny for the scale of the model, it feels like. Some of the details where they just sort of get lost because they're so small. But I feel like they might have learned their lesson from the, the earliest models. And, you know, maybe some of their later ones may not have quite that tiny little elbow Pringle level of, <laughs> of crazy detail yeah I... and and coming from my perspective as a new person i would rather learn from a harder um model to put together that way i can get a feel a real feel for how it's supposed to be rather than just throwing stuff together yeah because you could actually if you were to pick up like a privateer press model or you know something of that nature you'd be like oh this is easy compared to what you had to do with um your marvel crisis one well, that was kind of weird um but it, it's definitely like i said they're going for detail we understand that but some of it i don't understand um, what happened to your, uh, Iron Man? Um, untouched, still needing to be fixed. What happened, though? Um, <laughs> the, I put the leg, the, one of the legs, one part was upside down because it fit, but it, what, that's not how it's supposed to be. So, that that entire leg, he's just an amputee. Yeah. That makes it difficult. Um, I see, who's it? Uh, Rage Wolf was asking about contrast paints. Um, you know, there there is something to say about using the contrast paints. And how to use them correctly without, you know, screwing them up. Uh, one of the things I like is there are certain colors that are really, really good. And certain colors that I just don't like. Like, I love the black. The black is amazing for painting stuff black. So you don't have to do a lot of highlighting and such. Because I suck at painting. Um, but the black is really good. I love the red. Uh, the red on Captain Marvel's uh, sash and stuff. It just comes out so sweet. Um, and see, i got to mess up our red there. i got to fix. Um, always take the black. Always take the black. Um, but one of the things that uh, I'm learning is coverage with contrast paints because you could, you think you've got it. Um, I already have the song of Iceberg game. Um, you think you have it completely covered and then you go back and you're like, crap, I missed this one spot. Like I just did on Captain Marvel. I found a little spot in the back where I missed with some red. And so it's kind of annoying. Um, and got to just, you know, fix that. Um, I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to get, I think I'm going to use this uh, Talisar Blue for Captain America. 
because it's a really bright blue and it's really really neat um i a little off topic i really like the song of ice and fire game it is a butt ton of fun um miniatures are amazing um the gameplay is really good um the ncus and all that stuff way everything works using the cards is it's a great game it's just people get turned off because of course it's simon or come on now and it's based off of a you know a book series the uh, legionnaire says i like that you don't have to assemble anything no you don't that is very true <laughs> you don't have to assemble shit um no. and they're pretty sturdy but yeah. not not like super flexible they're not that super bendy kind of plastic they're not vinyl correct um i think it's an, an amazing game i'm i'm saddened that it's not taken off as big as it has um i signed up for one of the tournaments at adepticon i just have to paint all my night watch um before then which is going to happen after this weekend this next weekend coming up so i've got like a month and a half to paint up two um night watch army lists so gotta work on that all right let's get this um Mizzy, you also picked up um, another, uh, but it was a miniature board game type thing recently. Have you had a chance to play that yet? No, I haven't. Why not? Uh, I because I work too much. <laughs> what was the board game that you picked up? Um, Gloomhaven. Oh, I've been wanting to play that. Yeah, it looks really interesting. I just... I'm more motivated to play with other people, and, but I originally bought it because I wanted to have a game that I could play by myself because my friends were threatening to move to Florida, and then they changed their minds. That looks like such a fun game. Well, we I actually looked at it, too, because I had thought about buying it, and then she bought it, and I was like, oh, I don't have to buy it now. Woo! That saved me some money. And um, I really think it's a good game, too. Now, it is a miniature light game. I mean, it's not hardcore, but you could paint the miniatures up and, you know, go for it. Yeah. But um, what is your... You, know, you, you said your first miniature game that you picked up, of course, was uh, Marvel Crisis. But you actually thought about doing uh, War Machine and Hordes at one point. Because that's one of my games that I play and you were interested with that. What did you think about that whenever you got through reading the rules? I liked that it was fun to watch, but personally, I think it's too much math and too much to keep track with, track of. Okay, what? Uh, why do you think that's uh, uh, too much compared to Marvel Crisis? Um, I guess because I can relate to Marvel and I can I know the concepts better that I feel that it would be an easier game to play and keep track of everything. Okay. Um, what do you think about, because on Marvel Crisis Protocol, the measuring sticks instead of using, you know, um, you know, tape, tape measures and measure. stuff, and stuff like that. What do you measures. think about that? Yeah. I really like the measuring sticks. Uh, that way you can just grab it and go. You don't have to think about, okay, well, here's my ruler and my measuring tape. and Yeah. Okay, this, this. 
It's just simplified. If you're turning the corner, you can just bend your measuring stick instead of having to, you know, to try and, you know, bend your your uh, tape measure bend around your, things yeah. and stuff and, you know, not feel like you're cheating because maybe you're, you know, bending it to your advantage or I don't know. Yeah. But the measuring stick is so much easier. I like that mechanic a lot. I liked it in uh, the Star Wars Legion game, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also there in Star Wars Legion. I think that's where, you know, they. I'm pretty sure that um, they told them they had to use that when they were building the game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. But I like um, the widget mover and stuff. It makes it so much easier, especially for people that are brand new to the game or brand new to miniature gaming, that could be really, 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 really simple um, yeah. type to move forward. Um, I think that's going to be a good selling point for some people later on. So I'm doing some cleanup where I went a little too far with the red. Type thing. So, what what makes Marvel feel like it's uh, an easier game for you and makes you feel, you know, that you like it and such, um, that you can relate to it? I guess is what you called it. Um, I think it's because it, simply because it is a new game and everybody's learning. I'm not intimidated by how much knowledge other people have about it because they're still learning about it themselves. I could see that because there's yes, <laughs> and so it's like everybody's a noob. Okay, uh huh. Yes, I totally get that being a, a noob in other games where somebody else has been playing for 20 years and they've gone through several editions of whatever the game is and they know everything backwards and forward and by heart and you just feel like there's no way you can catch up with the knowledge. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> well, there's quite a few it's games. One, Go ahead. I think it's... It's also one of those things where I don't want to ask stupid questions and sound stupid, but I know it's a legit question. Well, if that makes sense. I think for, the, for most most people are are definitely willing to answer, you know, rookie questions. You know, because most people are interested in helping, you know, other people learn. Every so often you get some asshole who just wants to feel you know, like they know everything Superior. and, you know, it is, is going to try and make you feel bad, but they're, just, they're few and far between. Thank goodness, at least in my experience. So I, I've had some really helpful people, you know, kind of talk me through like when I was first learning 40 K when I was first learning Warhammer fantasy, I'm sure that if I decide to start playing Age of Sigmar, there will be people who will be happy to answer all of my stupid questions because I'll I'll keep comparing it to Warhammer Fantasy, you know. Yeah. And I know I make a thousand mistakes. <laughs> so what what has been some challenges that you've been seeing when um, going through and looking at the different games? Because there's a ton of, a billion, you know, miniature games out there. Damn it. Touching things that I shouldn't be touching while I'm painting. Um, and like I said, I know you looked at um, 
War Machine and Hordes, and you decided it wasn't because it looked like it was a little bit too complicated of a game for you. Got it. Too much to start out with. And, and, I, and I can agree. Uh, if you're just recently coming into that game, that game could be a lot to take in uh, because it's got you know twenty plus year, twenty years of development, and twenty years of players, and you know so on and so forth. So I can understand. It's so crazy! It, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. For, yeah. You're talking about War Machine. Yeah. Twenty years. It'll be there. This this year will be their twentieth reunion. I've never played that either, Captain Mizzy. I just never got around to that one. All right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Crimson. It, 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 uh, Crimson nineteen nineteen says. Sometimes a noob can show other people how it's played, too. I know when I was a noob to War Machine Hordes, there were a couple times where me looking at a rule with fresh eyes made everyone else realize they were doing it wrong for years. Oh, my God, that happened to nice. me with Blood Bowl. Yes, absolutely. The new person can read a rule that, you know, if because every group has its meta, and that was the way it was with this Blood Bowl group I played with, and... They had their way that they interpreted the block rules, and so for years we played it that way. And then we, Jim and I, joined this other Blood Bowl league at a different game store, and they were like, well, no, that's silly. This is, like, and they looked in the rule book and everything, and all of a sudden it was like, well, duh. These guys have been interpreting this rule wrong this whole time. So, yes, absolutely the new person. Always, always ask to look at the rule book or just tell people, wait a minute, I want to look this rule up. Don't feel shy about, about telling people, look, I just want to look in the rule book so that I can read this rule and remember it, you know, for myself. Because even though they're telling you what it should do, it's, it's not the same as reading it, you know, and interpreting it. And it's, it maybe sticks into your head a little bit better that way. And there's no reason somebody should, you know, be upset that you're, you know, that you're wanting to look in the rule book for yourself and see where it is in the rules in case, you know you're not playing with that person again. They're not there to tell you the next time you're playing. Yeah. Everybody has their own different learning styles. And some people are more visual and they can have it explained to them. Or some people need that actual imprint rules. Set captain aside. Sitting the captain aside. But yeah, I definitely have had people be like, well, you're kind of just wasting time here. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I'm just learning. I did that with a bunch of people playing Zombieside, uh, Zombieside Black Plague. And I had played regular Zombieside for years. I knew that game inside and out. Black Plague is a little different, but some of the rules are the same. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to blah 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 and I'm like wait a minute I don't think that works the way you think it works and I'm like here give me the the rules I just want to look this up real quick so that I can understand it um 
I, I, Kathy Waffle, was accused of being a rules lawyer in that game. <laughs> you? I mean, I, they were friends of mine, and it was like a half in jest, but I have never been... Yeah, I've never been accused of that before in my life, like being the one who's keeping track of the rules and reminding everybody else that, no, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. <laughs> I was never in that position until that day. Okay. I do love you I did not like the gold on the medallion. So I don't think it's going to look good on the chest area. So going to use gonna some... go yellow. Yeah, the bay blonde. I mean, uh, you can always just you know paint over the yellow too if if it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I mean, or either... you know, yellow contrast paint over the yellow, or snake bite leather over the yellow. What do you think that I am a painter a... or something, Kathy? Jeez. Sometimes. I think I know how to paint. I barely know how to put it on a brush. I only say that because I recently was using the snakebite leather. It is one of the two contrast paints that I have in front of me. Also, I learned how to make original, you know, old school GW snakebite leather by adding uh, Reaper Clear Yellow to my contrast snake bite leather in case anybody else cares because that was one of my favorite colors of games workshop paint the snake bite leather back in the day i think and and just mixing a little bit of the yellow with that well actually mixing a little bit of the contrast snake bite leather with my yellow is, is closer Although I did mix i did add a little too much contrast to it so i got a really nice dark brown color out of that where I was able to do non-metallic gold with a, a, a darker mid-tone color if anyone cares. <laughs> You're the painter, not me. <laughs> I just do it because it makes it a whole lot easier while we podcast. Uh, I need to boom white. I need to do a overcoat of white on that red where I want to paint the yellow because it's just not going to show up very well. Mm-hmm. Type thing. So, uh, Mizzy, have you gone to any tournaments or watched any tournaments or anything like that? Um. Well, I went to Warfare Weekend, so I kind of saw different tournaments there. Um, and then I went to War Machine Homecoming, and then got got to watch some people play War Machine Hordes there. Uh. uh but otherwise, not really. What do you think about tournament play? It's really serious. Um, I think if I'm going to play a game, then I want to do it just for fun. That's kind of how I feel. I've only played in a couple tournaments. And that was a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away? <laughs> I definitely am a casual player, for sure. So you think you're going to be a casual player, Mizzy? Probably, yeah. So whenever I bring my stuff over and I noob stomp you, you're not going to be mad at me? No. Okay. <laughs> she might punch you, but she won't be mad at you. Oh, she'll punch me. 
I've got a pretty good kidney punching. <laughs> Excellent. When in doubt, just slam your fist down on the table, making all the models jump up and tip over. It's almost like a, you know, table flip, but not quite. Have all of the dramatics. <laughs> Cannon blast and fire everything. I accidentally did that once in a Blood Bowl <laughs> game. It was totally not intentional. But there I was, you know. Uh, it was my turn. All my guys were, were lined up. It was uh, the kickoff that happened. And uh, and it was the first the first guy on my turn. So you have you have eleven guys on your team on the board, assuming no one's knocked out. So they're all there, they're in position, and I go to throw a block with my first guy. Oh my! It's a three die block, my favor. For people, for anybody who's ever played Blood Bowl, that's really good chances for me. That's a very good chance. Three, three die block is pretty good. Yeah. So I roll the dice, I get triple skulls, which means if you roll a skull, your own guy falls over. And it's the end of your turn. So I rolled triple skulls. Of all the results I could have got on the other faces of the dice, that was not so likely. It's like rolling triple ones on a six-sider. Um, but I have a re-roll. I have a re-roll. So I use my re-roll. I roll it again. Triple skulls. <laughs> my guy is knocked out. My turn is over. I slap my hand down on the table. It's more flexible than I thought it would be. All the guys, all the guys jump up. Off the board. Tip over. It was not my proudest moment. <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but yeah, I kind of ruined that entire game. So, What did your opponent say? He was taken aback and everyone was afraid of me after that. <laughs> not my intention. I want to say, uh, before we go anywhere, I want to thank uh, Cynthium. For uh, subscribing and following, we appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Hopefully, um, you'll come and see me paint on uh, on Tuesday afternoon as I paint plaid. Tuesday through Friday is when I paint minis uh, from three p.m. to five p.m. Central U.S. time. And she's a real painter. I'm just on here because <laughs> I suck. <laughs> He has fun painting, and that's what matters. I wouldn't call this fun. Wait, you're not having fun painting? I gotta get them done for Adepticon. Yeah, I have stuff to get done for Adepticon, too, but I'm not crying. I'm not crying, I'm bitching. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Ha so ha have you painted some of your models yet, Captain Minzy? Did you say you had painted anything yet? Yeah. Um, I've got Hulk mostly painted. Um, there's a few spots that I need to touch up and then get some finishing details on, but otherwise he's basically done. Um, and then I did a little bit on Red Skull and I got Black Widow started. 
Okay, okay. And she so, also, I introduced her to um, the greatest, you know, color washes and everything the world has ever known. She hadn't picked up a uh, known oil yet or, or Agra Third Shade. So she's going to be experimenting with those pretty soon. You know, I have both of those, but I almost never use them. So it's not a make or break. It's not a necessity. No, but for someone that's new, learning how to use the washes and stuff, those are very much a, oh, crap, that, that changes the way until she can learn, you know, she learns to do, you know, the highlighting and all the other stuff. Because the known oil, that thing is just balls good. It can be helpful. It, it's not essential, but it can be helpful, that's for sure. There's a million different ways that a person can approach painting a model. So, you know, I just, the way that I do, I just don't use the washes as often. That's all. It's not a necessity when you're good at painting. I don't know. I mean, I was mixing contrast painting with my yellow the other day, so... I have no clue why this camera is not focusing. I even fixed it so it would focus better. I blame Rainer. I don't know why. I'm just going to blame Rainer on that. Can I blame Rainer? Rogel says army painter washes are pretty good also. Yeah, I have uh, I have the quick shade strong tone and the quick shade purple tone here. And I, I actually use those more than I use most of the GW ones, but I also absolutely love the, the Citadel Cassandora yellow shade uh, wash. Cassandora yellow is an awesome wash. Um, if you're painting over yellow, or if you want to tint uh, a white surface or an off-white surface yellow, that's fantastic. Ugh. Okay, so I got most of her done. I got to do a little bit of detail on her face. I'll let that set to the side because I want to get over here to this because I have my white over here. And I don't have my wet palette. Shame on me. Um, but I have some white out. So I'm going to take advantage of this white. I need some wetness. Kathy, you're supposed to reminded me to use my wet palette and not just put stuff out. Like I'm job? supposed to remind you to use your wet palette? Yeah, I think that's your job. Oh, I'll make a note of that. I'll make a note of that here. Remind Gonzo to use wet palette. Kathy has a lot of hats. She keeps me in, in check. Like, I'm like, hey. I never wear my hats, though. She's like, Gonzo, you need to do this. I'm like, what? Do what? She's like, Upload all the episodes. I'm like, damn it, I don't want to upload the episodes. I thought that was John's hat. No, John just yells at me. John just yells at me. He's like, what the hell? Why are you doing that? I'm like, because um, I can? Crimson1919 says, my worry is that new painters will do the traditional base coat wash dry brush technique on something like a skeleton and think it's great, but when they try to do that on a yellow space marine over black primer, that can make them want to rage quit painting. 
You know what? He is not wrong. That is very true. There are techniques that will work for something and will not work for another thing. They won't work for everything. And that's every technique. Like, I will dry brush. There are things I will dry brush. If there's a huge amount of texture on something, like hair, uh, I will absolutely dry brush that. All my zenithal highlighting, because I don't use an airbrush, uh, I just brush on the Steinolrez primer, even though it's airbrush primer. I just use a brush, and I do a dry brush zenithal highlighting over it. And that hits all the details, and that's before I start adding color. So there is always a place for dry brushing. But yeah, hair, uh, fur, all kinds of things that have a lot of high high texture, like bones on a skeleton. It works fantastic for that. But places where you have broad, flat surfaces, it uh, it tends not to work as well. And then you, you see a lot of brush strokes in those areas, too, of your dry brush. So, yeah, there are techniques that work better for certain areas. There's places where I will use a wash. There's places where... Like I said, I'll use a dry brush. There's places where I'm going to wet blend instead of doing my usual sort of glaze. And there's other places where that glaze from opaque to transparent works better. There's other places where it doesn't work at all. So, you know, there's no one technique that I use. I, I don't see why only one technique would work for, you know, everybody else either. Blue Dragon says, for a mini painter that wants to start using an airbrush, what would be an airbrush you recommend? I have not used an airbrush. (laughs) That's why I I brush on my uh, Steinle Res with just a brush. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Crimson. And the Badger uh, Patriot 105 is the greatest starter airbrush. Uh, That's the one I got to start off in learning. And that's the one I use for just priming now. Um, when I'm doing, I'm priming a model and I'm not doing a rattle can or whatever, or not doing a massive group. Um, I use that. Um, and then I've graduated to the um, Sotar 2020, I think is what it is. Has my other one for fine detail work and just basic work. Um, but, and it's not, and, the, and the, the Badger Patriot is not expensive. So you. You know, if you mess it up or you have to buy a new needle needle or whatever, you don't feel so bad messing it up um, type thing. Ah, damn it. Um, So it's not that big of a deal. So definitely the Patriot 105. It's a very good starter brush. Rinse it off. Rinse it off with your clean water. And so... um, I'll have to get some black in there. Rogue Wolf Ghost Feathers. And when I first read that, I thought he was just cursing me. <laughs> and then I was like, "Baby means that feathers are good to do dry brush on, which I would agree with. Yes. It just took me a minute to get there. <laughs> he also says, I started with a master's airbrush, which is now my primer brush, and uses a Badger 105 now. I think, John, you got the master, master's one, too. Yeah, I, I use the Badger, uh, and they've actually got a pretty good deal where you get the 
the Patriot 105 and uh, an air compressor for a, a really good amount. Um, a really cheap amount. So it's not like you're you're spending an arm and a leg for something. And that's, you know, what it comes down to is is the cost. Because eventually you may decide that you're not going to use airbrushing and you're just going to use, you know, back to rattle can. But I'll tell you, airbrushing yellow is a godsend. Oh, especially if you're doing a, a large area and you're just going to cover, like I have this Pikachu, that 3D Pikachu that I printed. And I'm going to um, paint him, of course, yellow. And I'm just going to airbrush the shit out of him. It'll just be super easy and then do fine details with a brush. Uh, but for airbrush, definitely going to put uh, the yellow on him with a uh, airbrush. So, 100%. That's a good one to get, get started with. Captain Mizzy. <laughs> I was just going to read your thing like I always do in the chat, but I'm like, you're right here. But well, I'm right here. <laughs> you can talk about it. What? what are you yeah, talking? so what I, was, what I was saying is that Crimson pointed out um, about how beginners should do the different techniques and whatnot. And I think exploring the different techniques is half the fun. If I'm going to do it, then, you know, I want to do it right. I would have to agree with that. I think uh, that's one of the things I have fun with is not only experimenting with different techniques, but also experimenting with different paints uh, and the different properties that different paints have mm -hmm. and how and they different mix. Different color together. combinations. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like to, I'm a paint mixer. I mean, when I was in high school, art, I liked to mix paint. I, I would have. Because in high school art class, you have, you know, you pick a picture out of a magazine and you paint it, you know, on your canvas, whatever. But matching the colors was really one of the most fun things for me was to, just the challenge of seeing if I could match the colors in the photo, you know, with what I was painting. And that's kind of translated to painting miniatures. I'm like, well, I want to get this sort of warm, orangey, rich sort of red instead of the dull, you know, blue-red that sort of has, you know, it has a little bit of black pigment in it because it just yeah. lacks, it lacks vibrancy. It doesn't have that feel, yeah. Yeah. That's something that I learned in my color theory class um, during my design school is mix your paints because just out of the tube it's boring yes that's how i yeah that's how i feel about a, a lot of paints i it's funny because there's so many different paints with miniature paints because they want you know they want you to be able to just you know squeeze your paint out onto the palette and be able to you know paint and take that the work of mixing paints away from you so that you don't have to think about that part of it. But for me, that part of it is what makes it fun. So I will continue to, to do that. And when people ask me, what color did you paint this? I cannot say I use the, yeah, which they don't make anymore, but all I can do is say, you know, it's, 
it's a warm red orange and you can translate that into whatever paint line that you want really but so how did the uh, how did the Hulk go you said you have him almost done what do you have remaining to do on him I um, want to know. different highlights um, I, I and then by his belt I, I missed a spot with so I gotta go over that with green and then finish up his pants a little bit like I've got the basic purple on there but I want to do more plaid <laughs> I'll leave the plaid to you. <laughs> now I want a Hulk. Where's my Hulk? Hulk and plaid pants, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, God, I want Hulk. Well, that lean over to Jim and tell him to get it for you. That's one of the ones that I that I don't have. I don't have get Hulk, Hulk. Or Get the Hulk. Yeah, I need to do that. Oh, Rogue Wolf says, which is why I keep a watercolor sketchbook, so I can keep track of the paint combos I use. I keep intending to do that, and I've tried it on several occasions, uh, trying to keep track of my paint recipes. In fact, I have one on a piece of paper that you probably won't be able to see, because I'm sure it'll, it'll all... You know, Watch out. Yeah. So this is my paint recipe that's just on a piece of paper that's just lying on the floor behind me. I know a lot of people, um, one of our guys, David, that does a lot of painting and he actually does a lot of commission work and he's done some for me. He takes a notebook and so whatever he starts working with, he takes and put a smudge of that paint and writes it down in a notebook so he knows like oh gonzo's you know fire warriors are blah 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 blah. he's got that little sketchbook of all the paints he used and what section he has so he keeps it detailed you know i like, know like, that is such a good idea too i would encourage people to do that and i keep thinking that i want to do that and then i start and I'll do like two things in it, and then I won't do any more, and I'll it'll get buried and lost, much like that dusty piece of paper that was on the floor behind me. Um, yeah, best best plans. <laughs> that doesn't work for me, but keeping a paint. Uh oh. What happened? It, let me try and refresh my thing. Did... I don't see anything oh, wrong. that was just me. Apparently, that was just me having a hiccup here. I had to refresh. So, oh. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, I'm like, what? What? So, keeping a paint journal is a fantastic idea, and I would encourage people to do that. I just can't seem to. Apparently, I've tried. Best plans are always forged with good intentions. Mm hmm. <laughs> Hey, it's time for the media section, my oh, friends. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm almost done with like this. So for we'll wait for Gonzo <laughs> to finish painting his the teeth. teeth, which should take like a half an hour. <laughs> um, so the media section, for those that don't know, is the 
the last half hour of our podcast, and that is where we talk about movies and TV shows that we've recently watched and books that we've read and music that we have recently discovered and wish to share with everybody else. And, and that's our media section, so that starts at 8, which is now. Or after Gonzo finishes the teeth on Venom. Your Venom's looking really good. That was a, a huge leap from uh, the beginning of the show. Yep. He's practically done. Yeah, he's pretty much done. I got to do some touch-up and some a little bit more white on him because I got some smudges and put some black in between the legs and such. But for the most part, he, the, a good solid base is done on him. All yeah, right. he looks like he looks like Venom. He looks like a Venom. I can't wait till Carnage comes out though. Oh, that'd be so cool, and that'll be such a good. That'll be really good use for this. Uh, the Blood Angels Red for him. It'll be really really good. Um, okay, let's see. Oh what do wait, we got? What? wait before we start. Infomercials says. Brand new mini painter here. Any tips for highlighting? I can base and shade well enough for my own taste, but I have trouble adding that extra pop with highlights after washing. A dry brush when the model has enough texture, but otherwise I don't know how to go about highlighting. Highlighting is something that does take practice and experimentation. That's something we all struggle with when we're first starting out and we would like there to be more contrast between our lights and our darks on the model. So uh, I don't know that I can help with just trying to describe it. Uh, I do have a whole bunch of VODs that are archived here in case you feel like, you know, watching that process happen, even if Sometimes it's easier when you can just see what somebody's doing. So if I if I was painting right now, I could answer this question by just demonstrating it. Um, but words are sometimes elusive, <laughs> which is what you like to hear in a podcast, that words are elusive. Edge Highlighting Crimson says, Edge Highlighting is great for inorganic material. Uh, like armor. Uh, sometimes is good for uh, fabric folds too, if you have really high fabric folds. But also, uh, dry brushing works well for for organic material like that that has a lot of folds in the fabric. But as far as uh, just kind of blending your your lightest color into your sort of midtones, I guess what you want is you want a midtone color. You want a dark color, and then you want your highlight color, and you don't want your highlight color to be white. And you don't want to just mix, you know, a mid-tone color with white to get your lightest highlight all the time. Sometimes you just want to pick uh, some other off-white color that you have. Like, I usually will turn to either a flesh tone color well, it's Reaper Maiden Flesh is what it's called. It's sort of a light peachy off-white. And uh, Vallejo makes one called Verdigris, which to me is lighter than actual Verdigris, but it's like an off-white greenish color. And those are my go-tos for, for mixing with a color to do highlights. 
Crimson says, with dry brushing, go very little paint and use dollar store makeup brushes. So it sounds like they already kind of know how to do the dry brushing part of it. Yeah. I was, yeah, Made in Flesh, they call it something else now. It's, uh, it's one of their newer paints. And I don't know if, it's not the, I don't know if they, Jim has it. He was just showing it to me. He's like, I heard you mention Made in Flesh the other day. And here's what it is here, because he has the new color. It's the same color as Made in Flesh, but I don't know if it's still called Made in Flesh. Yeah, the Bones paints. So they just switched over those colors to their bones paints. So, yeah. So that's that's now what he uses and I still have I'm still working with my old bottle of Maiden Flush. But um yeah, the highlights it just takes practice. And I was going to say not adding straight up white like if if you were if you're painting red and you just add white to it as a highlight, yep, it's pink. going to look pink. So I would add maybe a little bit of yellow to it. I usually or if you're, if you're going to add some white to it, add also add a little yellow to it. Add some yellow and white to it. Otherwise, it's just going to look pink. Okay, uh, Kathy, how many things do you have to talk about? None. None? <laughs> None. None, Big none. Surprise. Big surprise. Um, uh, Mizzy, how many uh, things you got to talk about? Um, I'm gonna go with the one, but uh, you also have that one on your list. We actually we have two because I didn't get to do it last week and we held off on it. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Gunmage is asking if you're going to LVO. Sadly, I don't think any of us are making it to LVO. Nope. Uh, the next big con that uh, we, all three of us are going to go to is Adepticon. By all three of us, he means he, I, and Captain Mizzy, not John O. Spencer. I wish John would be at Adepticon, but he sadly cannot make it. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be there, so you can yes. see us there. Um, I'll be playing around. Um, I have one, two, three, four, five, but two of them are just because new seasons. Um, so I guess I'll start off. Um, a new season on Netflix came out of Sex Education. I haven't had a chance to watch the new season, but I do love the series Sex Education. Um, if anybody's never seen it before, it is the story of a kid, and his mom is a sex therapist. And he gets into the sex therapy business with his kids in school. And so the kids in school get into asking him for sex therapy. And it's actually pretty damn funny and pretty, pretty good. So this is a, a kid at school who becomes a sex therapist for his school friends. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Julian Anderson is the sex therapist, a.k.a. his mom. Um, she always gives him hails like, did you masturbate today? Cause you know, masturbation is a perfectly fine thing to do as a young teenage male and just, you know, just razzes the shit out of him. <laughs> and he's like, no mom. And like, he would actually set up like, I think one of the scenes since season one, he like sets up his room. Like he had, like he squirts some lotion around and throws some <laughs> tissues and, you know, and you're just like, 
holy crap. Um, so his mom thinks he's normal? Yes. And she's yeah, like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to, you know, whatever. And so <laughs> season two has started. Haven't had a chance to watch it. I'll probably watch it tomorrow. Because um, I got a lot of miniature stuff to do. I got to put a lot of cork on bases. Um, so I'll probably be doing that. And He's corking his bases. Corking my bases. And um, what this season is about, his mom actually becomes a therapist at his school. Um, and a sex therapist at the school. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be kind of interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. Season one was really good. I think it maybe gave it one space herpes. Uh, for the people that are new, we rate our series from, uh, zero to five, zero being the best, five being the worst. Because um, you really don't want to have space herpes. <laughs> uh, a zero would be like Casablanca and a five would be Atlantic Rim, um, type thing or cats. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, cats. Cats is now. Uh, I, I feel like John's. I can't speak for John fully, but I feel like he might watch Atlantic Rim instead of Cats because giant robots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, the space yes, herpes from Ice Pirates. Yes. Pirates. <laughs> Because we're dorks. Because <laughs> we're dorks. <laughs> um, which, by the way, uh, John's episode of Cats will be coming out tomorrow uh, for free. For, for those that don't know, what is John's episode? Uh, movie Emergency. It's where he's talking about cats. Um, we always give that to, of course, our patron subscribers first, and it's now gone for free. Um, so that will be going live on our uh, podcast streams. So John is fantastic at reviewing movies. He's amazing at re reviewing stuff. Um, another show that's coming out uh, shortly is Sabrina, the new chapter of Sabrina, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, season yes. two, chapter two was okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to season three. I hope it gets, you know, pretty raw and real because it, it can get that way sometimes. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, but my first review, uh, I did a rewatch because, uh, Mizzy has not seen Bright. And as we know, there is a Bright Part 2 coming out. Uh, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm excited sure. for that. Yeah. Um, we're not sure. We don't have much detail on it, but there is going to be a Part 2 or Season 2 or whatever you want to call it, Bright 2. Um, we don't know much yeah, detail. Yeah, because it's really a, a movie instead of a... A TV series, but yeah, we, I mean, is it bad? It's cheesy as hell. Yeah. But it's like, it's like an adventure of Shadowrun. Yes. It's so it's, cool though. Yeah. It's like, urban yeah, fantasy. It's cheesy, dorky, but it's so cool. And yeah, I loved it. And I am so looking forward to another part to that. I feel like it should be a TV series. That's what it feels like. The, the, the universe that it's in is you know, it could be so big and so yeah. full of, you know, detail. Yeah, you could you could easily make that into a TV show. Not even use the same characters. Like, hey, we're in New York now or New Orleans or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And you could have a good, bright TV series. I, I, that could, it shouldn't be any problem. I mean, it wouldn't be like I, anything. I love Will Smith, but uh, a show set in that world doesn't require it to have Will Smith. Mm-mm. Not at all. And you could actually set it with um, whatever the the magic bureau or whatever it is. You could follow the elf and a human 
going and solving, you know, and finding magic stuff in you. That would be perfect. Um, if anybody doesn't know, if you haven't seen Bright, uh, if you like modern fantasy, this perfect show, perfect movie. Yeah, it is Will Smith, so it does have the cheesy Will Smith lines. It has a great soundtrack. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was the first time Mizzy has watched it, so Mizzy, why don't you tell us what you think about it? Uh, I really liked it. I, I like the, the different races, cultures um, that they they set up. Um, I liked how the orcs were the quote-unquote bad guys, um, but then the, the one redeems himself or whatever um definitely would watch again definitely want to watch the second one when it comes out so how many space surfers would you give it um i wouldn't call it perfect but one and a half probably that's not bad i mean it, it, it does have its flaws and a little cheesiness in it but overall it's a good show Anything that rates, you know, like three and up is a decent chance to watch that you'll have a good time with it. So it, it ranks high on the, the watchability. It was great to rewatch um, because I didn't see anything new or interesting, but it was still pretty dang cool. Um, I'm going to have to rewatch that too. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, we got the new season of it coming out. So have that. Um,. The next thing I watch is I watch the Dracula series. Uh, it is a three-part TV series. And I have to say that it's you can't really call it a TV series, in my opinion. A mini-series? You've got to call it a mini-series, and maybe that's what they call it. But each episode, and it's only three episodes, is like an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes long. So each episode is pretty much its own movie. Um, the first one turned out really good. It was very old school Dracula, you know, back, you know, a long time ago with nuns and the nun is really cool. And, you know, there's all this, you know, cool Dracula stuff going on. Um, not going to, not going to spoil anything. So nobody has to worry about it. Uh, but it was really good. Very, very nice looking show. Um, sets and everything were done really well. Costuming was done really well. Dracula played a really good part, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed episode one. Um, episode two came out, and about halfway through it, it changes the entire thing of what Dracula is. And I can't say what it is because it does spoil kind of the shock with it, but it changes the narrative of how the story goes. Is he a Time Lord? Uh, I, I can't spoil that, Kathy. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. But you have to watch it. It is worth... Oh, I will say this. It is worth a watch um, because at the very end of it, they put a new twist on Dracula. And I thought that was interesting of why Dracula was the way he is. Uh, there's a twist on why he can't be in sunlight. Uh, why he's afraid of the cross, you know, stuff like that, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but there is a possibility of a new season coming out of it. The uh, creators decided not to say no. 
Um, although there is an end to it, so you could definitely go, okay, I can watch this and be good and satisfied and be done. Um, but you, um, you could see where they could come back with another episode, another series. Overall, I'm reaching like about a three space herpes. It's interesting enough, especially the first episode, first one and a half episodes is really good. Very good Dracula series. When you get past this one part in episode two, and you'll know it immediately, you're just like, what? Huh? What? Okay. And then it kind of goes off rails, and then you start picking it back up, and then you're like, okay, I'm getting into this, and then it ends. Um, but overall, like I said, about three spare therapies. Uh, don't have a big issue with it. I had to digest it a bit when I got done watching it. And thinking about it, especially the ending, and I'm okay with the ending, but the switch in the middle just kind of throws you off a bit, um, type thing. So, not that big of a deal. Uh, if you like Dracula, you'll like it. If you like twists, you'll like it. Um, but it kind of reaches into that almost not so good type thing. Um, but it was it was okay. Don't have a problem with it. Um. There was something else that was coming out that I wanted to talk about, but I can't remember. I didn't write it down. Um, oh, I, I know what it was. It. What? I don't know what it was. Um, Watchmen, the HBO TV series, which I thoroughly loved. I loved the shit out of it. Um, amazing music. Uh, Trent Reznor does an amazing job when he does stuff like this. Um, he's, he's an amazing guy for soundtracks uh, for movies and such. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah, it is. But he did really good on this series. Um, they came out uh, with the the announcement that the creator of the show decided he's not going to write for season two. And so HBO said then, yeah, it's done then. We're not going to hire someone else to, re to write season two because it was perfect the way it was. Um, oh, Rogue Wolf waiting on the second season of Altered Carbon. You're not alone, my yeah, friend. Yeah, you're not alone on that one. Loved that show. Yeah, I can't wait for Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon was... I can't wait for season two. I really wish Abuela comes, Abuela comes back. Because <laughs> that was one of the best parts oh, yeah. of that series. <laughs> and in the same body. But otherwise. Um, I thought it was interesting that HBO said, okay, since the original creator is not going to write it, we're done. Um, they decided not to go for the fast bucks and hire someone else to do it. Um, which is interesting. Um, and I, I'm like, okay, I, I, I get that. I'm going to miss it because I really wanted to see what else was going to go with the series, but I'm okay with what happened. Um, an altered carbon RPG. Ooh, trash aroma. You got me interested. Altered carbon. If you haven't watched uh -huh. altered carbon, uh, Mizzy, have you watched altered carbon? No. Put that it's on, on your Netflix. list. Yeah, it's no, on Netflix. Is it Netflix? Yeah, it's Netflix. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Okay. Put, it, put it on your queue. Uh, Ultra Carbon Let me is... Let never-ending list of things to watch. Of course. Uh, That's all Netflix. Sci-fi. Um, science fiction show where people technically never die. They back up their body, back up their consciousness into other bodies. And people can shift um, into different bodies. Um, there's androids, AI... Advanced tech, you name it. A uh, really good show. I loved it. It was one of my favorite ones of all time. 
Uh, can't wait for the next season of that. Um, didn't know they were doing an RPG, so thanks a lot, Trashorma. Uh, I'm a huge RPG fan, um, and I collect RPG books, so I will oh definitely God, pick it up. Oh my God, what? No, not <laughs> me. None of us knew this about you. Yeah, I well, collect them like crazy. there are some new people to the show tonight, so maybe they didn't know that about you. Yeah. Um, He's a giant geek, folks, in case you didn't realize it. Not um, like the rest of us. No, not like the rest of us. Um, but they, um, uh, I'm, I'm glad they're making an RPG that sounds great. I mean, it's, it's, it, it could be fit right. I mean, you don't have to play off the same story. You could do anything different. There's a ton of the world to deal with. So that's probably going to be pretty good. I ain't got a problem with that. Um, just depending on what the system is. As long as it's not Shadow Run, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I don't want to roll 75 D6s to walk down the street. I don't mind Shadow Run, though. Uh, I almost picked up the new edition because I almost saw it, and I thought it, I thought the new edition was sitting there. I was like, "Ooh, I, I got a little, I got a little bit of money. I can pick this up." And it wasn't. It was like a source book, and I was like, "Okay, don't have to worry about it." Um, our last one that I have is something um, Mizzy and I watched, and it's uh, ten episodes. The episodes are only about twenty three minutes a piece, and um, what is it? Uh, Kipo it's and the Age of Wonder Beasts. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, I am a special ed teacher. And on Fridays, my kids, if they earn it, will watch a TV show. Uh, and so I'm always trying to find cool TV shows. Like we are done with How to Train Your Dragon TV show. We're done with Dragon Prince. Um, you know, we're, we're done with all the shows that we have on our list. Green Eggs and Ham, the TV show on Netflix. And so I was trying to find something new. And I saw this commercial and the... The picture for this series called uh, Kibo and the uh, Age of the Wonder Beasts. And I'm like, ooh, I like the animation look to it. It had kind of cool looking colors and everything. And I always have to preview everything I w- I'm going to show my kids so nothing can come up. And nothing's going to, you know, shock them or whatever. And so we watched all ten episodes. This show is pretty freaking cool. Um, the story is about, um, Earth, and Earth has pretty much been decimated, and now it's a post-apocalyptic, but it's post-apocalyptic where mutants have taken over, so mutant giant frogs that are humanoid, um, who even knows what the RPG is, Mutant Zero, it's kind of like that, um, birds that are giant and big, giant, you know, mega bunnies, um, and humans either a live underground sheltered away from everybody or they live on the surface and they're survivors and, you know, kind of feral. Um, and the story is about a girl that gets forced out of her underground shelter and has to survive on the top world. Um, it is very lighthearted. It is very whimsical. Um, it is silly beyond belief. Um, one of the creatures is a six-legged, four-eyed pig, which is kind of their mascot. <laughs> and six-legged, four-eyed pig. I want the stuffed animal. <laughs> yes. Um, there, there is a world and there is a history. So they, you know, they, it's not just you know, it's it's not episodic. There is a goal, and every episode builds on each other. Um, there's a group of frogs that wear business suits and ties. And have a, um, 
what Adam's family, you know, mustache. Uh, uh, what's his name? What's the Adam's family? What's the Gomez. Gomez's Adam's mustache, and they all wear it. And they have a thing that you know your tie has to be straight. They're very, you know, they freak out if their suit is messed up and dirty and all this other stuff. Um, and so it, it very much is hilarious. Um, wolves are actually the scientists of the world, pretty much. They love science. And so there's an episode where the wolves describe um, the beginning of the universe to current time in a song and dance routine. <laughs> um, there is the characters are Kibo. You have to help me remember the names, uh, which is the girl that came from the underground. Um, wolf. Wolf, which is a feral girl that wears a wolf hide and has a stick with some demon death pincer death thing on it. Scorpion thing. Yeah. <laughs> that if she stabs you with it, you die. Um, you have one guy, what's the name? Benson. Benson. And Dave. And Dave. And Dave is an insect that goes from pupa to death. <laughs> On a daily basis, and always at the wrong time. So he'll start out as like a pupa, and then become a kid, and then go to a teenage insect, and the teenage insect has zits on his face. Um, then goes to a very big, strong insect with a lot of muscles, and then will go to an old man insect, and do the whole routine over again throughout so each episode. So he's like a mayfly, and, and just constantly. There are many times he starts out and just keeps on going to this. Um, and always at the wrong time. Correct. Always, always at the wrong time. Um, the show is hilarious. It is and, stupid and then of hilarious. Mandu. Uh, Mandu, which is, of course, the pig. Mandu, Mandu the pig. Uh, Mandu is an edible uh, thing that the people that live underground eat. So she named the pig after something they eat. <laughs> Um, it is, if you have young kids, it is great. Um, if you like silly, quirky TV shows, go watch it. It If is, you enjoy cute things, yes. Yes. Um, like, some of the creatures, uh, the mutants are actually, um, really, really, really big. Um, and so they're monstrous. And, like, they have monster corgis and monster... What is it? Um, they've got the mega bunnies and the mega dogs, and then they've got oh. the uh, timber cats. Timber cats, which are, cats are Minnesotans. So cool. They're Minnesotans. <laughs> they're, they're lumberjack cats with axes, and their leader has an axe that is a guitar. They're that he all sings. dressed like my dad. <laughs> all flannel shirts. They all look like young lumberjacks. Um, and so it's. It is very off the wall. Like there's a bug insect that speaks in disco techno music. Um, yeah, yeah, the bees. Yeah, the bees are like techno dance music type light up. So it's really weird. Um, there's just a ton. There's a it ton really does to it. Sound like fun. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch this. It, it is you, really you fun. 
it, it's a really fun show. And when you know what's interesting is okay. Now my kids are fourth and third and fourth graders, so of course I always preview everything. Um, <laughs> uh, a kilted Viking, um, and I thought it was interesting that. More and more shows, like if you've watched Dragon Prince, you know that in Dragon Prince, um, non-hetero relationships are pretty prevalent in there. Um, lesbian and gay and so on and so forth. And it's not thrown in your face and it's not shoved. It's just like, yeah, we're, you know, wife and wife. And it's just there. And so it's, it's, it's very, like, it's there and it's going to be there. This show has a scene in there where one of the characters is gay and the other character comes up to him and says, Hey, I really like you. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm gay. And you're just like, and it, and it's just played off really well. And it's like, I said, it's not thrown in your face. It's not, you know, shoved down your throat. It's just like, yeah, I'm that. And she's like, Oh, okay. And then just continue on. Um, so I thought it was really interesting, um, that that was in there, but wasn't a, it wasn't the whole plot point. It wasn't, you know, flagged type thing um, it was a big deal yes so before we go i have one thing actually that i would like to mention i'm sorry kathy we're out of time um, <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna give everybody let's give a rating mitzi what do you so, give kibo's rating before we go to let kathy talk with hers um most people, I'd probably give it a one, but honestly, for what it is, I think it's perfect. I, I give it like a half to a one. Uh, most yeah. people probably consider it a one. I give it a half. Uh, there's just a little bit in there, but it was a great show. Uh, yeah. Go watch it, guys. It's, it's amazing. All right, Kathy, I'm sorry. You can go ahead and do yours now. <laughs> for more than dice, I'm... No. <laughs> there's this podcast that I've been listening to called Ake Willow, and it's, it's a story podcast. Uh, I would draw parallels with Welcome to Night Vale because I used to really like that. I used to listen to that one all the time. This one uh, takes place in a town that straddles uh, Quebec and Vermont. So it's kind of in Canada. It's kind of in the U.S. And there's the border runs like right through this town. And there's like nine or ten episodes now. I mean, it's it's new. But I absolutely love it, and it, it's it can be dark. It's got a little bit of a, a little bit of a supernatural vibe to it, and uh, I would I would highly recommend it if you like uh, a fun meaty story. Also, it has cooking in it, baking. <laughs> so that the whole thing is centered around this bakery, and the main character is a baker and then also with this whole sort of dark sort of supernatural sort of vibe that's going on throughout in this town uh, I definitely recommend it and I'm going to post a link to it in the chat so people can find it <laughs> cannot watch this other than watch reruns of the weather channel from August 15 2013 on repeat <laughs> <laughs> can't watch what show anything so for everybody fortunately, here uh, fortunately Aquilo is a podcast so you don't have to watch it you just listen to it <laughs> uh for everybody here that's new we appreciate you coming in and uh 
showing up and listening to us. We stream every Saturday, Sunday um, uh, with our podcast episode and our pre-ramble. Uh, Kathy streams on Tuesday through Friday, 3 to 5, um, and uh, hangs out there. She's amazing to watch. She is the actual painter of our podcast, not me. Um, you can learn a lot from watching her. She's amazing, and she's a lot of fun to listen to and hang out with. So uh, 3 to 5 Central Time, by the way. Um, we appreciate y'all coming out. Um, thanks a lot. Uh, for More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. I'm Captain Me. <laughs> Good night, everyone. We will be sending y'all off to Epic Duck Studios when we're done. Yay! We love Epic Duck Studios. He does amazing work. He He's is. He's a painter as well. We will be raiding Epic Duck. Yay! Also, hey, one fast day. I saw you sneak in here. Sorry it's at the end of the show. No one can see me dancing. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs>